The year is 1983. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is My Marvelous Year. Hello and welcome to My Marvelous Year. I'm your host, Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. My Marvelous Year is the podcast where we go through all of Marvel Comics from its origins to today. Today we're talking about the Marvel Comics published in the year of 1983. This is our fourth part in the year. Today we're going to be talking about some limited series and some series that should have been more limited. I am joined today by the man who is the reason... This episode exists. Normally I say he's the reason the podcast exists because he prompted it and makes all of the podcast-specific things happen, whereas Uh I'm more of an idea man. All the good ideas come from me, for (laughs) example. Big picture idea, yeah. Big picture, big idea guy. I'm joined. Just just lounging back on a, 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 a chaise lounge. You know, dropping grapes in your mouth, saying like, "Yeah, oh, what about what about if you just uh, edit three more hours of this podcast over here? And why why don't we just you know why why don't you just read all these comics and tell you me what you think? That's and then right. You take half the credit. That's yeah. right. I that's just big grape consumption, a lot of loading, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. a lot of big ideas. I'm joined by Zach Dean. Now, the reason I say this episode is specific to you, Zach, is this episode would not exist but for mm-hmm. your fervor and passion for the team yeah. Alpha Flight." This, this, yeah. All these comics were initially in the Comic Book Herald list, and, and the one thing I do do, have done in the past. It's a, it's a done. It's a sunk cost. The thing I did is I made these lists, right? I made these curated lists mm-hmm. of the 10 most yeah. important stories through every year. Every comic that we read as part of this list was not on the Comic Book Herald list, but we added them for a part four to get a feel for what's going on with Vision and Scarlet Witch, what's going on mm-hmm. with Cloak and Dagger, and most importantly for you, what's going on with Alpha Flight. So that's yeah, I mean, why I don't this, really want to be here. held responsible for this episode if uh, <laughs> if it means all those Bill Mantlo comics that we had to read. Wow, like part I don't want to take shots fired responsibility for Bill Manley yeah. Mantlo. That's mm-hmm. harsh. Yeah, maybe. So Bill Mantlo yeah. is is a very interesting creator, actually. Um, he writes it's like a name I know, but I don't think I've ever been able to like. I wouldn't be able to point at anything he's done. Have we read much Bill Mantlo? Not a ton, but some. And no, the reason he's, he's yeah. come into the news this past decade is kind of tragic. Um, he had a, there was a, I believe, a car accident that he was in, some sort of accident, and it left mm-hmm. him um, with with a lot of health needs. Oh, a, and, like a and, hit and run while he was rollerblading. Jesus. Yeah, it's something awful. Eesh. And uh, yeah, it, yeah. as a result, he, he requires a lot of care and help. And he's, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, it's a tragic situation. Um, he's, he's the creator of Rocket Raccoon is why this really came up big in the news co-creator alongside i believe mike mignola and um oh that might not be right actually they did the limited rocket series together either way oh, he's definitely i remember this part because of it was creative. like while endgame was making the most money <laughs> any movie has ever made bill mantlo was like had to have a GoFundMe for medical bills yes yes it comes and up in that regard like, a lot in terms of marvel what are you doing and like, marvel's responsibility to the creators who made yeah. these things happen um, right. We're in that era where Bill Mantlo is writing a ton of Marvel comics. He's really, really mm-hmm. present. He also writes a lot of Incredible Hulk that is not on this list. Um, and uh, and he oh, and he writes uh, Rom Space Knight, which sadly we can't read as part of the Marvel Unlimited Club um, because those comics can't be on Marvel Unlimited because of rights issues and just all sorts of licensing hell oh, that Rom. So unless I, you have I said bummer, but I don't know if I care. Like how da- like a how dare based? you? How dare you? Okay. Right. On behalf right. of the Galadorians, you, you like how... You're a big ROM guy? <laughs> oh my gosh. I literally have the entire run behind me in a, a box right now, in a short box. Hmm. And okay. let's just say it's been opened recently, last night. Um, but I, I would like oh, to that read... That sounded like a, like a weird sexual brag. Like, <laughs> And uh, let me assure you, <laughs> it got a lot of work yeah, last night. Yeah, let's just say those night. comics were pretty busy last night, right? Yeah. Wait, do Winks translate on podcasts or no? (laughs) You have to go dink, 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 every time you wink. (laughs) (laughs) The classic sound of a wink. (laughs) Dink, dink. Um, So, anywho, before I get too deep into 
what I wanted to set as a patreon.com slash my marvelous your goal of reading mm-hmm. all of the Marvel toy comics and doing a Marvel toy comic special, which is what mm-hmm. Rom Space Night is. And you said to me, Dave, that's the worst idea I've ever heard. I hate it. And we um, haven't done it I yet. Think I, I right? think I said that. I, I think, think I said, does anyone want this but you? <laughs> Pretty <laughs> close. <laughs> yeah. I guess, <laughs> I guess that's so. Anywho, um, Bill is yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a strong creator. So I, w- I will stand for no slander. That said, oh, I mean, I don't know. I like, was I'm not, very I'm not trashing Bill. Like, <laughs> like no, no, Bill I just, I just, you know, I want to say like nice guy. the backstory, but I also want to say, Zach, <laughs> this is the most bored. I've been reading Marvel Comics for the My Marvelous Year Club. Since that time, I was terribly ill and almost swore off Marvel Comics for good a few months ago. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, okay, so let's jump into Scarlet Witch and Vision, four-issue miniseries. All the way around, but I, uh, I like that you put her first. Is it? Okay. Vision and Scarlet Witch. Yeah, I guess that sounds fine. Um, It's not alphabetical, I'll tell you by, that. By, let's see, who who's the, um, oh man, who's the artist here? Because he's the artist on both is it Sal Buscema? No. Ricky Leonardo. No, no, no. Ricky Leonardo. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Rick, Ricky Leonardo, is that what you said? Uh, but that's that's what he goes by in those seedy Italian dive bars where they're doing the crimes. <laughs> but uh, Rick Leonardi is what I saw. Rick Leonardi. Okay. I think he's doing great work and uh, basically is the only reason that these are readable at all. Um, that's a little harsh yet again. <laughs> okay agree. no that yeah you're right they they're not they're manhandle and mantlow bill mantlow's these two series by bill mantlow i think that's a mantlow are blow. just totally fine like in as much as how well how they read and like i mean there's just like there's just a lack of like you know some kind of je ne sais quoi here right like they're just lacking some spark some like uh, oh hang on can you, can you hang on one second uh yeah sure all right now that he's Hello? gone i actually loved these comics bill mantlow incredible cool cool can you these um, were my two favorite i actually like both of these much more than alpha flight weirdly enough but uh don't i don't i don't don't want him to know that thanks so let's just keep this between you and me listener all right just uh confirm dinner is ordered please continue on your new segment a mantlow blow (laughs) oh that's good (laughs) bagging on bagley low blows with mantlow um Okay, uh, you, no, these, these they're fine. I'm, I'm being maybe a little harsh. Uh, I really, I, I think Scarlet or Vision and Scarlet Witch is fine. It's like straight down the middle. It's pretty dull, but it's not like there's there's some it's, big it's, moments. There's some there's some nice moments there, in this. There is, but it kind of just has that feeling of like um, that that thing. I really <laughs> I hate that. I just feels like an, in very generic comic books where it's just like it feels a lot of like and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened and it's like. I don't know. Like, do you do you did you have an overriding idea here, or did you just write this like as a stream of consciousness? I mean, I think um, what I would I think what I would say in defense of it in that regard yeah. is each issue has a very so it's a four issue miniseries, yeah. and each issue has a very clearly defined place in sort of the Vision Scarlet Witch narrative in terms of yeah, like the Wikipedia what entries. They they go for all the big beats, you know. It feels like it's just kind of like reminding you about what's up with them. Yeah. With well, the exception of, of, of the ending of it where we learn about Magneto, right? Like that that's the revelation here. I guess Besides issues that, one through three. Of... Well, issues two and three are definitely, yeah. hey, here's their deal type stories, right? Uh-huh. So issue two is about the fact that the wizard, the golden age Marvel hero, thinks mm-hmm. he was Scarlet Witch's and Quilksiver's dad. Because again, their right. parentage yeah. is a constant question even now it's, and it's wild like the you know it's funny about scarlet witch and vision both of them have the most like sex convoluted oh yeah convoluted uh weird like backstories that that you feel like marvel is just like man people are interested in this let's keep let's just keep adding curveballs to these these stories and like you know just the, the whole thing like with uh in 1975 avengers when we're talking about like the vision um and, you know, the whole thing where, like, he's really the Human Torch, but with the Ultron, put the brain of Simon Williams in, and he was created by, whatever, all that stuff, like, this very convoluted backstory. It's just very strange. It's like, Captain America doesn't have this complicated of a, of a lineage. That you know of. Maybe we just well, haven't yeah. gotten to it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's... Yeah. I know. But. There's a density of Avengers yeah. continuity that gets woven into... It gets woven into, like, Vision, Wanda, Wonder Man, and also... Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of there's this like super dense 
connective tissue between all these characters, as well as Ultron and the Grim Reaper, that some writers really love, like Kurt Busiak, mm-hmm. who's going to come in later. And it, those of us um, who aren't as into those characters can find just like, okay, so we're just doing this weird continuity tango again. Um, it, it can have that feel to it if there's not a bigger cooler story around it to begin with right so i think like issue two is is like a big time the wizard story (laughs) and it's about as exciting as that sounds i mean really at the end of the day like that's kind of all it is whereas vision number three Mm -hmm. is a return of the grim reaper i'm here to make you prove that you're not my brother vision story (laughs) right which we've already had which we've had totally yeah, we've had that story already. Totally. So both so of those are both of those are like, oh, okay, we're we're playing with Avengers continuity that isn't that fun to begin with. I think number one like, is the why, most standalone of the bunch. Yeah, sure, I don't know that it's it the just, best, but it's the most standalone because it, this one is the one, one that's that justifies doing a miniseries. It's the yes. one because that's what I kept yes. thinking is like, why is this a miniseries? Why did they just decide like, hey, you know what? Let's let's get out these four stories. We have a story to tell, and it's like. I don't know. Did you like? I, Two I don't and three know why are they would Avengers issues, right? They're, they could just be Avengers like, issues. Yeah, number one's the only one that, and it only kind of starts to set up like the two of them. Because I would love that. Like, I think more of them in the suburbs and like dealing with uh, domestic issues. Yeah, kind of interesting. Uh, I just got to point out, like the opening shot of the two of them walking down their street in the suburbs, but with street clothes on over their Avengers costumes. <laughs> you no. know, like they no. have street clothes on, but like Scarlet Witch still has the headgear on <laughs> like she doesn't take it off which is ridiculous and then the vision is still wearing his cape underneath his street clothes vision in a in a turtleneck with the cape, with the cape on the cape is not part of his body no i don't know what his body i don't know what is costume and what is body like is he just a red man under there uh that term is seen. a little more offensive than i think you mean <laughs> <it> to be <laughs> oops oops <laughs> so we'll walk that back um he, you know what I mean. he the diamond is a part of him I believe. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He can, he has red skin, you know, a red, reddish uh-huh. hue, certainly, of, uh, I don't know if skin's the right term for an android, but the, the green Google. and the yellow and all that is, uh, that he can put clothes on over that, I guess, if that's what you're asking. Okay, well, I typed in the vision nude, and this is, it's not what I was looking for. Is it as horny as that sounds? I mean, it's just naked people, <laughs> but none of them are, yeah, are red. Not the uh, Yeah, I was, yeah, bummer. Okay. Um, yeah. So issue let, let four me... is is the biggest one here. So let's talk yeah, about that yeah, one. Yeah. Because so issue one, like you said, the Vision and Wanda at this point in time in Avengers history, they have retired and they have moved to the suburbs. I think in New Jersey, um, yep. to live a suburban life. Which, as you said, is actually like kind of a fun, a little different than what we've seen in Marvel premise. This is something that's going to get done well with like Scott Free and Big Barda in Mister Miracle, mm-hmm. right? Like that premise. There's a lot of mileage there, um, or even the Vision actually yeah another Tom yeah. King I mean this book. would be fun if they leaned into it and they don't at all like it's basically not the focal point of this whatsoever yeah so, like, right it's it like immediately you know how people talk about it, high concept like, comics a lot like oh it's high yeah. concept it's this idea of them you know what if superheroes yeah, 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 the yeah. this is like low concept it's like you take the concept yeah. but then you don't do anything with it <laughs> and then you just move on and like the next three issues aren't even dealing with that concept yeah not at all so issue yeah. four is kind of exactly what we've been describing which is it's a big wait, who's Scarlet Witch's dad issue, but it's super wild and actually like majorly important in Marvel history. The big reveal here is that, and what the issue plays with, is the idea of is Magneto actually Scarlet Witch's and Quicksilver's dad? And the yep. conclusion they come to by the end is yes, he is. Yeah, I love I love how much that uh, the nursemaid cow is involved in this. It's again, it's one of these things like if you don't you have any Bova, prior context, the bovine nursemaid, oh, which she's, is she's a great. huge win, <laughs> huge huge win, <laughs> yeah. and great naming. Let's let's be clear about both of those things. Mm-hmm. She is a product of the High Evolutionary, which, as you may remember from Avengers, I think it's one eighty five to one eighty seven, which we did read as part of the club. Um, I think those issues are written by David Michelini. Uh, the High Evolutionary took credit for the raising Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver during this mm-hmm. time. During another, wait, who are who are their real parents type story? And yep. in this case, what Bill Mantlo and Leonardi do is they sort of take all that and tie it together. Wanda and Quicksilver were still raised by Bova the Bovine from you know a high evolutionary creation, but they were fathered and and left not in um not in like anti 
parental state. I think it's like during a, a riot, basically, by no, Eric Lancher, uh, a.k.a. Magneto. No, no, it's Magneto's wife shows up at her doorstep dying or like goes in childbirth and dies giving um, birth to the kids. I thought like, it was the family got uh, Mag- attacked. No, Magneto. Yeah, but like Magneto I think Mag- she was running away from Magneto because she was frightened of him. Because she's spooked she, like, by his, his mutant hood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, so I mean, it, that's really it. Like, there's no big mystery; it just gets revealed at the beginning. Well, um, you oh, know how uh, you want you know how you want to build a mystery though is you put the murderer on the front cover. <laughs> well, and the then issue. also let him control metal while while still pretending that you don't know who this is. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, um, also Magneto both can turn invisible because of magnets, mm-hmm. and and also force what's her name Bova the cow Bova yeah. the nurse yeah mm-hmm. uh, to tell the truth. Because he's controlling the iron in her bloodstream. And he's just like, that means I control your mind. Now you're forced to tell me the truth. Yeah. I hate, I hate all that stuff. Like, it's fine. I mean, I don't, I don't you know what I this, You know what I, I like that is close to that is you know how in the X-Men movies, uh, Magneto pulls, like, the iron out of the guy's blood. And there's, like, that well, little Well, that's great because, ball. like, I mean, that's that cool. one works because you see that Mystique, like, drugged the guy and injected him with this, like... Yeah. Huge bolus of iron through his bloodstream. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, that that's a lot of fun. Um. No, it's just that, like, Magneto's one of the weirder characters where it's, like, his powers are so cool, mm-hmm. and they're so all-encompassing anyway, right? <laughs> like, he has this huge power set. Right. If you just let him control metal, and it never seems to be enough for these people. <laughs> like, they always just want to make him do these wild, outlandish things, and it's like, yeah. just stick the metal. The metal's enough. It's it's very cool. I would agree. Um, the metal is there enough. Are, there, there are two things. There are two lines here from Magneto while he's fighting. So he shows up on Adelan. Because Vision and Scarlet Witch are visiting Crystal and Quicksilver's new baby. Luna. Um, Luna? Is that her name? Okay. And, um, and like, a nice moment here where Quicksilver, like, accepts Vision as, you know, uncle, whatever. Um, uh, but it's while... more than a whatever, because he was so uh, anti-Vision yeah. and Scarlet Witch I, together I just said when they get married. Nice, I said it's a nice moment. Not enough for you. So you said it quietly, and then you said whatever. It's, it's you a undersold the importance touching of this moment very important with... moment. There's, there's the pathos of this moment cannot be overstated. Is that oh better? Gosh, are you crying? <laughs> I mean, a little bit. Um, he's fight. Uh, Magneto shows up. It's like one of these things where he just wants to like meet his grandchild and like tell them the truth. But they all get in a fight because they, you know, jump to conclusions. Whatever. Uh, Magneto is like during the fight spares Vision. He like tries to subdue him without hurting him, mm-hmm. and uh, and Vision calls it out like, "Why would you spare Scarlet Witch's husband when you've tried to kill me before?" And then. Vision puts his fist, you know, intangibly through Magneto, and Magneto has this great line of, curse your logic and your ability to cause me pain, android. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then that's followed up immediately on the next page by Scarlet Witch and Crystal both start, like, blasting at um, Magneto with their, you know, whatever, hex, crystal powers, whatever Mm -hmm. they are, Uh, and Magneto gets the great line of, I am beset by women, (laughs) which I really like as well, but it's also, it's only two women. Magneto, like, if you picked any ra- two random people, there's like a one in four chance it will be two women. <laughs> That's very funny. He's often beset. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah so all that happens. It's a big old family reunion. Um, yeah, Magneto's Magneto's still and, experiencing that sort of turning the corner thing that's been happening yeah, I like, in uh, I like Kenny that, X-Men yeah. you know which works like in terms of character development he doesn't he doesn't just want to show up and kill them like he just kind of wants to meet his granddaughter which again is mm-hmm. another you know kind of and, trying and to humanize specifically thing. his his human granddaughter right like he says yeah. that his granddaughter's not a mutant and now he has a blood connection to humanity which is pretty interesting yeah th- this issue alone <laughs> is pretty good um yeah probably I really like probably I would say just read this one yeah yeah I mean, maybe really, number one and number four time. I guess yeah uh I mean Although we already kind of told you everything about it. Rick Leonardo's, um, Leonardi? Leonardi's art here? Mm-hmm. Really good. I really like all the work he's doing both here and on Cloak and Dagger. I think it's pretty excellent stuff. See, I think now, if this I, paired with... I like his Vision and Scarlet Witch work uh, a fair amount. I think it's quite yeah. good with, with inks by Ian Aiken and oh, Brian it's like Garvey. So I actually nice think the Cloak and Dagger stuff is, is pretty rough. Um, and those inks, oddly, are by Terry Austin, who inked John Byrne on so much of the great Uncanny Yeah, X-Men. I was wondering, like, if he just had a different inker on uh, on Cloak and Dagger, because it, it does look He does, but it's one that yeah. I historically would have thought was, was yeah. quite good. Because yeah, I mean, I think, I think he's going for, like, probably an intentionally rougher look just because of the subject matter. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, yeah, I, I like both of them a lot. I think he has a really good sense of, like, very steady pacing... 
very readable panels in like the occasional moments of these uh these big dynamic kind of flashy um flashy set pieces and like he knows kind of when to employ them so yeah i really i really yeah. liked rick leonardi's work here yeah that, that's kind of all i have to say this is like four middle of the road avengers issues it's very strange it's like why why did they decide to do this <laughs> it's like yeah um we are in the speaking era of, of spin-offs kicking off you know obviously as evidenced yeah, by these yeah. ones we're covering here so like there's going to be a lot more you know like like hawkeye's going to get a limited four issues and nightcrawler will get one in 85 and like they're trying things right like they're clearly testing the waters with mm-hmm. characters who otherwise would not have a soul series so i think the the quote-unquote why question is not necessarily that easy to answer um well it's probably i mean probably did not stem from you know create creative decisions first business second that's kind of what feel it it doesn't feel like someone is that or you think it isn't it isn't i feel like this was not someone sitting down and being like i've got a scarlet witch and vision story to tell yeah this was more like hey let's do a scarlet witch and vision miniseries who's gonna tell it are you busy bill like and he's like all right uh yeah i'll I'll write something maybe yeah maybe so yeah yeah this doesn't feel like you know someone i mean that that's the if this was not a miniseries i would not be like questioning that so much i think um cloak and dagger feels like it is more deliberate because it's like, okay, here's the introduction to these characters. I will say this is maybe my least favorite comic we've ever read. <laughs> like, <laughs> Whoa. Right up there with like Avengers 200 in as much as like wow. offensiveness. I think this is like a nasty comic that uh, <laughs> like has aged like milk, like Hit really me bad. With that. So let me let me start then because you're coming in much yeah. hotter than I'm going to. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, I, let's lay out the like basics of the story first. Yeah, so we're introduced to Cloak and Dagger. This is a, again another four issue miniseries. Same creative team, Bill Mantlo, Rick Leonardi, but with inks this time by Terry Austin, colors by Glennis Wayne. And Cloak and Dagger are there's a uh, a white young girl. She mm-hmm. is Cloak. She has the powers of light. She is or she is Dagger, excuse me. And uh, mm-hmm. she has the power of lightness. And then there's Cloak. Tyrone Johnson, a black uh, young young man, and he is he has the powers of a giant cloak that is darkness that envelops people and seems to transport them to some almost inescapable dark dimension, essentially. So mm-hmm. he seems to as good as kill them, although he does spit someone back out at one point in this, which which makes you realize like it's possible that they can be um, they can be saved. So they work together, really fighting the war on drugs. And I use that phrase yeah. very deliberately because exactly, yeah. you know what I looked up while reading this? I thought, well, we're reading comics in 1983. This is <laughs> when the did most... Reagan really start the war on drugs. <laughs> That's exactly. No, it was that. I, I Googled, when did D.A.R.E. start? When did the D.A.R.E. program yeah. start? And lo and yeah, behold, yeah. it began in California in the year 1983. So this yeah. is very, very connected with drugs are a huge problem in society, that line of thinking. Um, it's not the first time Marvel's ever tackled drugs as a problem you know obviously like famously stan lee broke the the comics code authority with uh with that issue of amazing spider-man but this series i mean cloak and dagger that's their whole thing is it's an just entirely different stopping tone, the drug though. trade i mean i i think there's a key difference here which is that like that was focused on people most mostly on people hurting themselves with drugs this is focused on like the animals and the thugs and monsters who like poison our children with them. Yeah, uh, and it it is all like your well, even you know, Amazing your, Spider-Man your... gets that too. Remember when Pete wearing that cool outfit accosts the um, the dealer? <laughs> yeah, I mostly it, remember it for this, his outfit. This has the same pitch as uh, as you know, like watching your nightly news and just being like every night and being terrified of stepping out of your door because the news has you convinced that like drug pushers are going to stab you the moment you step out of your front door. Yeah. Like this is exploiting and like leaning into all that stuff. This is someone who watched taxi driver and was like, yeah, Travis, Travis Bickle. He's right. That rain needs to come down and like wash away all this scum. Like Mm -hmm. it, it leans into all of that in a way that I think is kind of nasty. I mean, it, it like, there's a guy here who just, uh, Goes into stores and replaces aspirin with, like, cyanide to kill, like, a random mother. You know, it's just like the world is nasty and cruel and random and people are savages. You know, it's like the worst type of uh, that, like, sensational stuff. I I hate this stuff. I really, I generally don't like... So, um, actually, can you explain that a little? Why does that, why does that seem as nasty to you? Because it's, it's hyperbolic, I think, of a, of a fear of crime, right? Uh But... It's not super atypical with what we see in a fair amount of comics, right? I mean, it's atypical for what we've seen up to now. I don't particularly care about superheroes fighting 
street crime. Uh, especially, and you know, like I, I'm Spider-Man does it a lot, right? Like he, he's beaten up muggers a fair amount, bank robbers, whatever. Sure. I mean, Punisher, um, Daredevil, yeah. the the whole crew. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, the best comic um, we just read was was street crime. Yeah, that has a different tone to but me. Daredevil never particularly feels like it's trying to like I, it's not leaning into this like sensational like new york is this cesspool of and, and when it is it's silly this feels like it's leaning into like i don't know about that i mean that's kind of frank miller's a, thing yeah yeah i i don't know it feels very different in tone to me um there there's something about it does um, i don't think you're wrong there but if you yeah if you yeah. just put it in I, terms I, of like the grim gritty new york well that's actually very present in miller's daredevil right yeah it's Right, let me let me let me think how to explain it. Um, I, d- I definitely didn't find this as nasty or ill-intentioned. Well, that that stuff I, I don't like because I mean th- that stuff I I think is distasteful. I also don't really care about. I don't particularly like superheroes beating up like normal criminals. <laughs> I think most of the time that's like the least interesting thing about superheroes to me, and oftentimes feels a little tone deaf in the way that like they're beating up on like poor people you know like it feels like it's completely lacking in any kind of like empathy uh and just kind of has that nasty taste of like street justice to me um and i'm not just talking about the punisher instead of instead of spider-man swinging down and being like hey teddy don't rob this guy come with me let's let's help you get on your feet here this is a this is a symptom yeah i mean you know like bank robbers feel different right bank robbers are like kind of silly and cartoony to me well when i'm like saying even a he's trying to mug a guy in an alley with a knife junkies. like that's a total spider-man scene right know? exactly and, and you know what like 60s and 70s felt like i don't know there, there's been a difference in tone and we're gonna see more of this because like the 90s loves to do this and i really dislike that like i remember reading a lot of marvel knights era stuff where there's a fair amount of that like you know just like the criminals are not motivated by any kind of like material need right like people are not mugging people because they're, you know, like, because of all the normal reasons that people commit crime, uh, they are doing it because they are, like, savage animals, right? They're all, like, bloodthirsty beasts. And yeah. that, like, yeah. It, I mean, Batman can lean into that a lot, right? Like, you always start out the comics with that one thing of, you know, like, a guy harassing a woman in an alley and just, like, saying the most vile stuff before Batman comes and saves her. I mean, it, it might home, be like, the single most consistent trope in superhero comics. Like, that yeah, is it. Sure every book yeah I, I think it's like really tiresome my other the big the bigger issue i have with this is the like racial dynamics of cloak and dagger mm-hmm. which i think are i, I don't want to like ascribe any kind of um what's the word like intentionality to how bill mantlow wrote this yeah but i i think the optics on this are really bad which is just that like cloak is a black man who's like addicted he one he's got an addiction he's the addicted one of the two right um which is cloak know, Right to like kind to, of this like dark to energy. darkness and like sucking the life force out of other people. Uh huh. Right, like he's he's addicted to the light, which is like cloak de- or dagger describes as like life force. Um, and the only one who can like keep him, you know, from crossing over, crossing a line into basically like uh you know killing people by like sucking their life force out is dagger. Mm-hmm. Right, like the on- the only person who can save him is this pure white girl who like you know and, and just also the idea of like the the black kid is darkness and the white girl is like purity hope and light i, I think is kind of nasty um yeah i i just like i think all of this is really ill considered and uh and like do you know what it's, like, do you know right why i page would probably think you're i i think something that almost validates what you're saying is cloak and dagger um when it launched as a tv series on freeform yeah. which i don't know if you've watched it all or not i haven't uh, the I, first I'm season actually how they like, would have to deal with that like well, it's actually like a little surprising, and um, it's uh, they invert the social status of these characters, where mm-hmm. instead, so in the comic, oh yeah, we didn't even get to that. It's exactly like... what you think it would be in terms of like stereotypes, which is Tandy's from a very wealth wealthy background, whereas Tyrone is from you know quote unquote the streets, right? They invert yeah. that in the TV series very intentionally. You can tell they're like this had bad optics in 1983; it has bad optics mm-hmm. now. We're gonna shift that, and we're gonna invert some of these stereotypes. And try and change up the game a little. It's actually yeah. like I I don't love it, but it's actually an interesting first series. Um, mm-hmm. I I think all of what you're saying in those regards are fair, just in terms of character structure and dynamics and everything. I mean, it's not it's just not super creative. 
I guess in any way is another sort of oh, damning you know feature. what <laughs> I I actually would disagree with that because I think like besides that I think he has some like okay ideas here I mean like the cloak thing where you know like he's try he's you know sucking criminals into this dark dimension is like kind of oh spooky. no no not the power sets I'm talking about like the character like the setup oh, yeah, that but, you just described. Oh, sure, like it's yeah, kind of yeah. like lazy. Yeah. It, it feels yeah. to me. The yeah. the actual power set. Um, the cloak is like the mystery of the cloak is actually very engaging to me. Like, what is? Where are these people actually going? Like, what does that mean? Like, that's actually kept under wraps relatively mm-hmm. successfully. Um, I I will mention here too. I think we said at the bat like this is their origin. It tells their origin story, but these characters have appeared. They bounce around a bit in like pages of I think Spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, prior yep. to this point, I'm sure you could check out like I don't know the Cloak and Dagger reading order on ComicCarol.com if you really want more or something. I don't know, just like offhand like a reference. But um, you know this is like this gives their <laughs> yeah, actual no, never heard of drug-related thing, so. origin, of course. Um, it's fine. It's all fine. I yeah. I, I, mean, I, I, like, I never. I'm never a huge Cloak and Dagger fan. Totally. I like him in cameo mm-hmm. appearances at most. I think I mentioned before like they show up in Runaways at one point and they're actually a good fit for that for former runaways who now can, now are the semi-experienced ones. Um, mm-hmm. Cloak has, like, you know, cool little role in, like, Civil War, for example, you know, just foreshadowing, mm-hmm. like, where these characters are going to show up again. So them being around is fine. I If they're the feature, like, that's got to be a heck of a creative team and a heck of a vision uh, to make this book sing. It would have to, like, really... I, I mean, I could see you could redeem this, you know, Oh, absolutely. Me I mean, that's, somehow, that's what I'm saying with the like, show, though, is you can, to... you can see, like, oh, if you put the right brains behind this and more diverse perspectives like there's potential here for something a little more i mean it would just have to really get away from like the whole idea of like our entire idea our, our thing here is to just you know we're out to punish the junkies and the drug pushers right because there's also a line here where like junkies are like they're not quite as bad as the drug pushers but they're also pretty bad right like i mean what you're <laughs> describing are... though is like like the wire level thinking of examining. Oh no, I know. Like, I'm, but I'm saying like this is status of drug dealers. I mean, this isn't even like the 20, 2020 look at things. Like 1983, this is th- this is the thinking that pushed Reagan into putting through like the the failed and racist policies of like mandatory minimum, jacking up prison sentences for marijuana, like specifically targeting like black drugs, all the stuff that like really destroyed black communities in the 80s, stems out of this kind of like hysteria over. You know, like the violence and the like savagery or the, of super predators or whatever. You know, yeah, like, it definitely I, I just, fits like, the era. I mean, there's, I mean, it's it, there's it's little doubt. Hard there. for me to peel peel the entire, you know, the history of this time and the like, the history of the time and the tone uh, about how these topics were talked about at the time from this comic because this comic is so. I mean, it's the same thing as like Jack Kirby and St- or Stanley and Jack Kirby writing about, you know the reds right <laughs> in, in like 1962 yeah, sure. and like communists are just like all psychopaths <laughs> right like they're all the most evil like no no one ha- is a human being who has like human intentions they are all just like the most stereotypically evil people but you know yeah. at least that so I, so, I mean it sounds like you're looking yeah. for a little you're looking for a little empathy built in a little sure. a little nuance to the idea of sure oh this guy's doing drugs is <laughs> is he a giant monster I mean, as it, a result I, I also still have this idea where like I, I dislike bringing in real world stuff if you're not like prepared to actually deal with it, right? Like we talk about this a few times, but it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, I hate that Daredevil, the TV show, talk has human traffickers, like sex traffickers, but then also deals in superhero morality, right? It's like you have to be grounded in the real world morality if you're going to be talking about like the like real human suffering that actually is happening around us or stick in the superhero realm. Like I like either one, right? Like I don't. I, I don't know, like the the end game, MCU end game morality, the way that they talk about stuff, totally works there because you know it's like kind of within that universe. But if they were talking about like war criminals, like actual war criminals and stuff, then they would sound naive and ridiculous, right? It, it, it's kind of like uh, I don't know. I just feel like comics need to pick a lane and stick in it. I think I disagree. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think we've talked about it before. Yeah. Um, because there are certain books, street level books in particular, Punisher. Or a Daredevil, where I, I don't those think Daredevil is actually references to real really... issues are going to pop, and I I guess I don't entirely understand when you say I, why why is it a bad thing that Daredevil intercepts and interrupts a human trafficking ring? Why does that? No, I mean it's you? not like no, I, I mean I, I don't I don't want to get in the show. I haven't watched the show in five years, right? so I can't like specifically defend that. But just as just... a as a reference point, like I. Daredevil, the show, I, from my memory, the first season does not 
really approach the process of human trafficking, the implications. Um, I don't remember going too deep on that. That said, he interrupts a ring and stops, quote-unquote, the bad guys from bringing in the girls for their trafficking ring. Why is that an issue? I think... I, I, I don't want to talk about Daredevil, the show, right? Like, that's a, that's a bigger conversation, I think. Sure. But, like, if Dare, Frank Miller's Daredevil was interrupting sex traffickers, uh-huh. I think that would, like, seriously stick in your craw because, like, it would just seem out of place in this, like, slightly silly, sensationalized version of New York, right? And it would, like... I mean, it's the same thing that we talk about when we're, like, don't have Hank Pym hit Janet unless you want to actually talk about domestic abuse. Like, this can't be superhero stuff where Captain America's like, you know, good old Hank Pym, he was always a great superhero, and maybe we can give him Avengers status still. You know, like, unless you really are prepared to talk about the stuff that is, like... I I hear that. I hear you on that. I I think maybe the difference I'm finding in this is, like, having the character participating in something like this versus Mm -hmm. bearing witness to it. You know, and and cloak yeah. and dagger. Let's just get back. Yeah, to the I don't want to. I don't want to like. They are participating the heavily in everything about this comic, tonally, subject matter wise, is about the drug trade, and like you yeah. said, the hysteria <clears throat> in particular around this this sense. It does give off the sensation of man. If I step out on the street after dark, I'm gonna get stabbed by a junkie. I'm gonna. I'm just like, gonna go get a bottle of aspirin with my kids, and someone will have laced it with cyanide. That one's gross. Right? I remember it, that wasn't wasn't Tylenol poisoned or rumored Tylenol was poisoned at some point, like in the past. I feel like I mean, a, yeah. A I mean, like this this leans into all the same stuff where you know your uh, your great aunt is sharing stuff on Facebook about like warning. I just saw a notice at my local CVS yeah, saying yeah. all Zantac has cyanide in it. So throw away your bottles of Zantac. You know, like right. chain email. You should you should that, actually. Toss your Zantac right now. I just saw there was a recall. Yeah, I don't. Um, that popped in my head because of that. <laughs> yeah, Zantac is, is actually is intentional. Kind of, yeah, I mean, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I, big picture, I hear what you're saying. I think I disagree in some regards. I think the thing we agree on is it's kind of pretty boring. <laughs> it's either bad or it's boring. Yeah. And uh, good way, art still. I I like the art still, but uh, I actually did not. Yeah. I I thought oh, in particular, and, I thought Leonardi's cloak. Um, the details he does on Tyrone's face, he looks old and wrinkled like he's wearing... He does, yeah. He yeah. looks like he's wearing um, like a mask. I just watched a Good Time. Yeah, I wasn't sure good if that time. was intentional. It's a Softy yeah. Brother movie. Have you seen this? It's got a Rar Pattinson in it. No, I really they, want to, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. They go and rob a bank wearing these like... Wait, wait, know, what does that have to do with comic books? Richard Nixon yeah. masks. And uh, what does that have to do with comic books? Yeah, you don't engage with media outside of comic books unless it directly ties into a comic book. Unless yeah, yeah. it's like homework for a comic book. So the reason I watched it is because it has a soundtrack by Oni Hotrix Point Never. I have no idea Ooh, how you yeah. say that first yeah. word. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that true. was the entire reason I watched it. Was I I was ah, cool. interested. Well, actually I was trying to find Uncut Gems. And yeah, I'm going to watch like, the both maybe of those if I like, like a double good feature time, I should soon. just buy yeah. Uncut Gems. Yeah. Um the other thing I just want to point out, it's just like but neither of those have anything thing. to do with comics, so in your face. No, oh, yeah. I'm I mean, I'm very proud of multifaceted. you. I'm proud of you for, uh, for branching out. Yeah. I love, like, seeing, you know, like, oh, Dave's reading this book. Cool. That doesn't have anything to... Oh, that, that author just got announced on a Green Lantern series. Okay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> yep. Um, Yeah, the other thing is that uh, Dagger has this, like, ridiculous outfit that's like cleavage from her like basically bare from her neck all the way down to her belly button like in the shape of a dagger it's actually kind of a cool design but it's gross because she's a teenage girl and like yeah it's, it's just not, gross she's a teenage girl it's not she's actually like, well i don't i don't know this could get me in trouble but like I, I don't know that it's actually as hypersexualized as it like design wise would lead you to i mean think. they do a lot of weird stuff like the flashback to her um before all this happened like a lot of her like walking around with just a you know like an adult's button-up white shirt on. Yeah, sure. And, uh, and, you know, and then also being grossed out at the same time that, like, her stepfather is, like, flirting and hitting on her. Yeah. But at the same time, like, the art is sexualizing her at the same moment that we're supposed to be grossed out that a man is, like, perving on her. Yeah. Yeah. It's, eh, gross. Yeah. Um, I mean, it also just, like, yeah. I, no good. So do you, do you like stand it. by Stop. after having talked about this as bad as Avengers 200? Yeah. I, yeah, I think so. Wow. Like, yeah, All right. Yeah. I want to hear from I, I want to hear from your I, I readers. I want to little... hear if you guys agree yeah, with, uh, yeah, with that take. I'm genuinely curious on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I think um, it's bad. Speaking of bad, <laughs> oh, Zach God, made us read five issues of Alpha Flight. I gave I this so Zach, truly, truly. I've read these before. Uh-huh. I gave them every chance in the world. 
I really yeah. did. Okay. I don't like Alpha Flight, Zach. They are Weird. super boring. These comics kind of suck. I like Puck. That's crazy. I, think, I like him I fine. Think, I think issue number five is pretty good because I it's think this Puck showcase. I issue number one is a better introduction to a new team of heroes. I'm going to hang up on you in three gi- seconds. Than giant X-Men number shut one. The, shut the front door. <laughs> <laughs> I, I genuinely do. I think it is a better introduction to all these heroes. <laughs> it's a and fun like a concept. New... I like the concept. I like the concept. I like the characters. I think the pacing is excellent in the uh-huh. way that like, here's all these new characters, but like, hey, you might not know what they all do at first right like you're gonna get little teases and he's gonna fill in the backstories and he's gonna fill in the dynamics but like it hits the ground running so good Does and it? like you doesn't really I, think so. I mean I, by okay. the end of issue one they're fighting tundra which i think so is he... a great idea for a villain and like super Why? fun because it's a and... big it, it's a krakoa ripoff for canada yeah, it's a giant I mean, size x-men krakoa like... ripoff it's a living tundra except that it feels like a much more of a real thing to me i love the like the setup of some guy like summoning this by like you know what what is he he's drawing a giant outline like the size of several football fields and then like sinking into the ground and sacrificing himself to uh why to, like, give the spark Wait, of we don't know anything Tundra. about this guy i have no reason to yeah care. but we but we will dave this is leaning into yeah, i mean sure. he's already like setting up stuff that's going to come up later right like tundra's the beginning of a, a plot line that keeps uh-huh. going uh-huh okay um, so you did, you're on record here Alpha yeah because I, I was one. nervous i don't back, i don't even like, want to say it say Say what you just compared this to and say it in terms of this is better than that. I think this is a better introduction to these heroes than X-Men, Giant Size X-Men number one Club. is to the you new- You heard it here first. <laughs> yep. I'm going to, I'm taking that stance. I read God, Giant Size I'm X-Men gonna, number one two days ago. I kid you not. Yeah. I read it two, reread it two days ago. That is yeah, a messy, fantastic right? comic book. Yeah, kind it's of a mess real thing, good. Right? Len Wein yeah. and Dave Cockrum were on point with Giant Size X-Men number one and they introduced- Cyclops. No, they didn't introduce him. Nightcrawler, Wolverine, Storm, our boy Banshee. Well, that, that, that has nothing to do with it. Like Sunfire. That doesn't have anything to do with the fact that like these characters went on to become more popular. I'm not. I'm not saying they're like, good. They're good in that comic. The designs are there. The personalities. I mean, we've talked the about it. Wolverine origins. does not become the Wolverine we know for like four more years. Right. Two of these characters. There's more to build, but next... he's he's got a problem with authority, and he's got claws, and he's kind of a a wild. Wild card. It's not that far off. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, John Byrne just seems like he has an exact vision of what he's doing with these characters. Right? Like, he, he feels entirely assured with, like, who these characters are. And I mean, like, I think the the idea of starting out a new superhero team, because we've seen them before, like, they've popped up in X-Men comics um, and something else, right? Is it just X-Men? I've, I'm only familiar with them in Uncanny yeah. X-Men. Yeah, they're kind of boring there. I think I don't think they've worked before. But the beginning of this issue is Alpha Flight is disbanded. Like literally issue or page one is like, it's the end of Alpha Flight, right. which I think is a really fun way of starting this out. And then showing how they like reconvene with a new team with like the B the B tier team, which is uh, Puck and Marina. So the things I like is Alpha Flight is a government run super team. Mm-hmm. They kick off disbanded, which is fun. But the piece that I like probably even more is there's a beta flight, the backups, yep. the reserves who are trying to get an alpha flight, and there's a gamma flight who are the who, super who knows who reserves, those people are yeah. and who knows who they are, right? They'll obviously come up later. Um, yep. So that's good. I, actually, I think I was wrong when I just said they're only in, in X-Men. I, looking at Marvel Unlimited now, it looks like they do appear in um, a handful of random issues, including uh, some Hulk comics, which I think is where they actually get disbanded. Oh, right. With uh, like Wendigo, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so that's referenced yep. in issue number one as well. Um, let's so aside from your insane statement a moment ago, that is, <laughs> I'm trying not to let that get to me as much as yeah, let's, will let's... In, in an hour or so. Um, these characters, you said you like the character introductions. Mm-hmm. I care for one of these characters. What? I'm They're interested so in another, oh my God. and okay. that's you it. You tell me. All right, so Vindicator, James Hudson. Yeah. What about him? I'm, Vindicator. I'm them. You tell me what. what the most interesting them. thing about James McDonald Hudson is Heather Hudson. Yeah. And oh yeah, she's really good here. Yeah, she's interesting. I like her as a. I like. I guess I like <clears throat> them then as a couple, and I like their relationship with Wolverine, which is complicated and mysterious. And like he lived with them for a minute. Um. Mm-hmm. So God, he love he loves being in those. He troubles. loves married love couples. That. It's his thing. You love that word trouble, don't you, Zach? If there's two things you know about me, it's one, <laughs> looks great with a shaved head, two, loves throuples. Mm-hmm. 
into it. Um, yeah, so they're they're interesting, right? And I guess Vindicator's, you know, he's the he's the Captain America, I guess, the Cyclops yeah, of the group. Yeah. Like, clearly yeah, the leader. I don't leader. think he's got a ton of personality outside of like leader, right? No, no, not so much. Yeah. Um, I, actually, I I probably overstated. I mean, uh, how much I, I mean, he like, I mean, that he I got the idea characters. that like the government wanted to take over all of his research, hand it over to the American military, and he like destroyed it, quit, and then just snuck in and destroyed all of his work so it couldn't be like used for military applications. Yeah, um, I, I think all that's good. He he works well for me just because like John Byrne knows how to write people talking, <laughs> right? Like he knows mm-hmm. how to create personality just out of like conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if you don't have like a big personality, you can still sound like a likable person. But yeah, sure. Vindicator is definitely the most like down the middle, you know, lacking like any kind of big identifying um, attributes. All right. I will come up. to like. I, so let me start just with the ones <clears throat> I like. I like Puck. I think we can agree there. Oh my God. Yes, Eugene Judd. He is fiery. He's a part of Beta Flight. He really wants to get onto Alpha Flight. When the call goes out, he's very excited about it. He suffers from some sort of rare form of dwarfism, so he's very short I think it's and just... in constant pain, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I, a, 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 a detail I love, like, is that, you know, he's, like, actually a little person. He's got, like, dwarfism. He even calls, mm. says it out specifically. And a detail I will hate later is that they retcon this later to be some kind of magical bullshit. Mm. Like they later just like, no, he used to be six foot three until a jewel turned him short. And it's like, that sucks. Like, cause I mean, just besides like representation of somebody with like physical differences, like it just works with his personality. Yeah, right. It's just who he is. Like, right. you don't need to like turn it. Ugh, I hate, I hate, I hated when I learned that. You know, another thing I'm coming to hate <laughs> is <clears throat> if you, if you told somebody, Hey, you need to make a, a Canada team of superheroes. And they were just sitting there like, what do I know about Canada? Uh, they like hockey. Uh, okay, this guy's gonna be ice rink. This guy's gonna be uh net. No, no. Oh, I got it. Puck. Pretty weird. Genuinely, pretty I weak. genuinely didn't get that joke until just now. Yeah. Right. See, un- <laughs> it's fine until you think about it, and then it's like, oh, that's super. Lame. God, can we talk about the uh, the cover of Alpha Flight number five, where like is this the one with the bars? Shows... No, it, it's where uh, yeah, Puck is just. Oh no, it's um, Puck one. Yeah, Puck is just like somersaulting all around the page and it just says on front like it's puck and the word puck is covered in hair <laughs> yeah it's so good. good yeah he's hairy little hairy little guy i think Love the cover him. to alpha flight number three is an all-timer Ooh, yeah that one's real cool yeah with uh um aurora like with aurora and and north star um yeah no no it's just aurora it's just aurora on that one uh the other character i'm i'm interested in often is sasquatch walter lankowski who's got basically a smart hulk professor hulk thing going on um he's obviously recently been interesting in the pages of immortal hulk yeah and uh he's he's an engaging character um in his own right the rest of them pretty middle of the road for me snowbird snowbird's so cool i don't give a michael about snow snowbird might be my least favorite which maybe i'm just way off base on that but i I don't have any interest in snowbird and i don't have any interest in marina uh, North Star and Aurora will get more interesting. I don't think they're there oh, yet. I, li- I like them immediately. Like it establishes like North Star is this like kind of flirty what figure skater? Is that what he is? Sure. Is that how he's famous? And then uh, his sister has like a split personality between being this like very demure. They kind of describe her as like um, she's a school teacher. Yeah, school teacher like who was raised in a convent. Right, and then her other personality is Aurora, who's this more like <laughs> that's so that's so heavy-handed. <laughs> She's a school teacher nun. <laughs> that's how <laughs> yes, is. So, yeah, that's true. I do like the detail of like when she switches back, she like basically she has a hard time speaking English, right? Like her her French takes over. And that's it's a good. Like, that's a good detail. She, just yeah. like haltingly speaking English when she switches back. Michael, yeah. two young men who is a um, shaman, shaman, shaman. Um, Shame on that shaman! I always yeah. say. Uh, who's he's got like, a magic bag. Yeah, yeah, he's from you know like First Nation Canada. Yeah, and uh, very cool because he's like again he's mixing. I don't know. I think like all these are really fun like representatives of different places and peoples of Canada. Right? Yeah, that but, like, that piece of it is good. I'll, like I'll give Aurora, you that. Aurora and North Star being like the kind of Parisian French Canadian, and then Puck being this more like rural, uh, you know, like leatherneck or not leatherneck. Um, that's the word I'm looking for. Lumberjack Leatherhead. thing going on. The Ninja Turtles villain, alligator. Yep. From yeah, down yeah. south. Yeah. Um, Marina, I mean, Marina is not that. Marina's 
A brood? They mentioned that she's a brood at one point. I don't think that's actually true. But that word doesn't <laughs> mean what you think it means. Yeah, <laughs> in exactly. This context. Yeah, um, I don't believe. And then who? I'm forgetting somebody. Oh, Snowbird, who's like a um, a mounted royal. What are they called? Um, what is Canada's mounted royal navy seal? Mounted mounted royal Canadian police. Right. The Mounties. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, who who like secretly is Snowbird? Who is this like? Um. How do you describe her? She's like a, a for a um like a nature spirit, right? And she basically can uh she's got she can um transform into different animals like mm-hmm. uh polar bears, owls, stuff like that. Uh, I really like that she's also got like precognition where she can like put together a scene after it happened. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but it, it was a fun scene where she recreates the crash that Alpha Flight went through. I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Is that all of them? No, I that think is that's the all core unit, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you covered everybody. So good. All right, tell me, sell us, sell us on these five issues. Why, if you come to the party for Alpha Flight, what do you have to look forward to? Uh, okay, uh, I think it is an interesting team of superheroes, much like the Avengers. Like, they're not mutants. They're not tied together by being mutants or anything. Um, I mean, for me, the appeal was like, I've never heard of any of them, but John Byrne does a really good job, at least for me, of making each of them intriguing without, like... Without it feeling like your traditional first issue where it's just like, you know, like getting the team together, recruiting each member, and here's like explaining who they are and what their powers are. Like, you don't really know where or where their powers came from or even what they are for a little mm-hmm. while, but you like, you get just enough. And then at the end, he does these like B stories of filling in the backstories of them mm-hmm. one at a right. time. And every time it happens, I'm like, oh, cool, I get to find out what, you know, Shaman's deal is. Like, mm. where did his powers come from? What do they entail? Like, it's just enough. They're really, It's really based in, like, character dynamics. Right? Like, issue two has uh, Marina starts glitching out. Something's going wrong with her. And Puck is trying to, like, calm her down. And she just, like, disembowels him. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think that moment really works, even though you don't, we haven't seen them together much. Like, you immediately get a sense of their relationship. Like, he's very paternal towards her. He's, you know, like she's kind of the the little kid of the group, and it's this like shocking thing when she lashes out and uh, and like seriously injures him. Um, I don't know. There's like a, a good wide range of powers here. Like Walter Lankowski is the Hulk, basically. Puck is not. Puck's just a little strong guy. <laughs> like the, you yeah. know, him getting slashed up like is a bad deal. Um, for I'm him, definitely he doesn't have super. I can hear you in terms of like maybe getting into the team. I think the first yeah. four issues all kind of hinge. Maybe it's not the first four because you get Tundra, it's but like two, two the Marina stuff hinges on this giant alien story, which re- mm-hmm. which, which reminded me of some of the first John Byrne on FF stuff, where it's yeah. super convoluted and just kind of doesn't mean anything or go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You have this master of the world, he calls himself, and basically yep. he's an alien who's been around like forever, and it's all just like been there done that i mean mean, he's a guy who got like pulled into this ship that's like a colony ship for a invading species that like the ship itself takes over the planet and integrates in you know animals on that planet blah 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 crashed here marina actually is you know she's not like from atlantis she's not an underwater creature she's actually an alien Mm -hmm. uh that's the whole big reveal here namor and sue storm show up for a whole issue uh, in like in the absolute best appearance of Namor and Sue Storm, like, hanging out together. Like, I love their, like, banter and their flirting. And it like, is, Namor... it does fit nicely in the aftermath of Reed Has Gone Missing, where they are, like, that's who Sue is hanging out with, I think is, is obviously mm-hmm. notable, but also she's As noting she that she needs to find Reed, maybe, eventually. Yep. <laughs> maybe. Yep, yep. Um, I, I think <laughs> Byrne, actually, as a storyteller, is really unsuccessful when he tries to go large and cosmic. Um, in I, terms I, you know, of see, I, don't, I don't think this stuff. is I don't think this is the disaster like I just think it's like okay this is not what I'm here for but like all the the team stuff while they're like dealing with this guy mm-hmm. work enough for me that like it doesn't become too much of a, a drag down if it was if we just read me. issue one and five I think I'd have a very different feel right now here? because I would think like issue one good introduction they fight Tundra issue five good puck solo showcase mm-hmm. two through four for me are the ones where I'm just like this is a big ball of needlessly complex cosmic stuff that does not matter or go anywhere. Did you read, have you read more than this? In the past, past, I didn't go ahead this time. Okay, yeah. I mean, I know six uh, is probably Snowblind, I'm guessing. 
Is that the yeah, we're going to read that yeah. one for next year, at least, because uh, I love that issue. And there's some but cool yeah, like, art. I, like, 3 has all those crazy white bars flying around on the cover. That also gets um, drawn in interiors. Like, just, like, there's some really cool design and use of color schemes. And, and I do think, too, like, the character work is pretty good. John Byrne is, is mm-hmm. good at that, I think, generally speaking. Um, yeah. There, you do, it, despite my my you know, comparatively negative attitude towards the team. It's not like they're not, it's not like I don't remember who they are. You know, it's not like yeah, I look at this right. and, and I'm I think like, that's, oh, that's I, a I don't feat. care how, to remember. How many times have we met like five randos that are supposed to be part of some new super team? And I'm just like, yeah, man, I just don't, ca-. I mean, the, the original Guardians of the Galaxy, it's like the only ones of those that I remember seeing are the ones who I know because of later, you mm-hmm. know, right? Like the ones that became something are the ones that stick. Besides that, it's like, yeah, there's just—I mean, that's that's what I feel every time I try to read a uh, a legion of is it legion of superheroes. Legion of superheroes, yeah. So every time I read that, I'm just like, that was ten interchangeable costumes. I have no idea who any of those people were. <laughs> yeah, the, the legion takes some work for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so I I am no more sold on Outflight than I was when we started the club, uh, for sure. I'm tentatively curious, I guess, to to maybe check out some of the. <laughs> The issues that you're like, hey, this is a good one. I really forward. like the next arc. Like the next arc getting into this like, because it, it follows up on the Tundra stuff, basically, where they're fighting like uh, elements of, you know, like the Canadian wilderness. Right. Um, I think that stuff's interesting. I love the next issue. Next issue has one of my favorite fight scenes in like yeah. a really strange, uh, really strange format. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious if other people like this respond to it the way I did. Yeah. You know? Like this is not. Yeah, like, don't don't forget I, our poll that doesn't exist yet is what's better, Alpha Flight number one or Giant Size X Men number one. I would put that up if I trusted if I trusted the people <laughs> I trusted to, you to vote the right way. If I trusted people <laughs> to vote, not based on like to to really like judge them critically on their own so merits your feelings, and not like readers. how much I love Storm and Wolverine and stuff. Right? Because like clearly. Giant Size X-Men number one is, is the more important comic by a mile, right? Like, no question. Krakoa, I mean, Krakoa, right? Like, introduce take, Krakoa. Take importance out of it, which is hard to do. Yeah. I think it is still a better comic book. Yeah. Yeah, no, because I, I, I think that comic's kind of uh, just fine and only memorable because of what it, like, ushered in. No, I, I actually disagree yeah. with that. I actually think it's yeah, a pretty okay. cool story. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you should have been on that episode then with me forever. <laughs> My marvelous have been year club on will our forever one be. guest episode. Sorry, <laughs> I've been on the other ninety nine hundred. Yeah, the My Marvelous Year, uh, you know, like status. Uh, the the opinion of the My Marvelous Year Club officially is that issue is just okay, and that will never change from our nineteen seventy five. We're never having another guest. I can't allow it. <laughs> <laughs> things like this are decided <laughs> all right yeah let me let me have a guest on for the uh, the secret wars episode also the sins past episode oh my gosh sins past fine if i don't have to read it <laughs> then great <laughs> uh, secret wars maybe i'll invite somebody else that actually would probably be a better call having your i'm excited i'm excited to read it i'm yeah. excited also i'm uh, i'm very glad you segregated that into its own episode that um yeah i told you help. told yeah. you all right, yeah. cool. So this has been 1983 Part 4. Our next episode is going to be 1984 Part 1. You can find all the issues we'll be reading in the show notes for this episode, as well as uh, we share the the links and the list over at patreon.com slash mymarvelousyear and mm-hmm. at mymarvelousyear.com. We've had some people asking, you know, that I'm, I'm not updating the list over on mymarvelousyear.com, but they're approximately like 90% of what they're going to be. So play along there if you like we'll be reading fantastic four the search for reed richards some amazing spider-man including an all-time short story written by roger stern and the original graphic novel dazzler the movie have you checked so this one's not on marvel unlimited right Mm-mm. oh yeah I'll, I'll pirate it yeah we should probably call that what in these trying Arr. times for the comic yeah. book economy what mm-hmm. did you just say <laughs> oh yeah please, please direct me to the place where i can get somebody some money for this besides like someone on ebay selling it for 70 bucks 70 bucks for dazzler the movie is a steal baby all right so that's what we're gonna be reading <laughs> dazzler the movie uh i have it ranked as my second least favorite comic book of all time uh zach wants to read it so we're gonna talk about that one which oh, came out um, in 1984 as well i can buy it for no, no third least favorite comic it's moving up it's, it's it's 99 cents on uh, amazon kindle 
Yeah. So I will it. actually buy it. I, buy I won't buy it because it is 99 cents. Yeah, the OGNs uh, you, to... you can often get for a buck on Comixology yeah. or Amazon. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that'll just, it'll probably look nicer if nothing else. Yeah. Oh, man, I am excited. It's got three and a half stars here on uh, on Amazon. That is Sounds three and a half good. more stars than it deserves. Oh, uh, a solid, if predictable, slice of superhero melodrama. Okay. All right. Let's, oh, this, let's this call it. Says, I, stop I making me think about Dazzler. Dazzler the movie. I've had enough. Did you, uh, are you reading you like it? Show, are you reading it again? Am I going to read it again? Yeah. Honestly, this uh, it's up in the air. It's up in the air. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll see. Um, okay. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next year. See you next year.